Hello and welcome to the Investing On The Go podcast by Fund Calibre. I'm Ryan Lightfoot-Brown and I'm talking today with Alessandro Di Corrado, one of the fund managers on the 91 Global Special Situations Fund, formerly known as Investec. Alessandro, thank you very much for your time. Pleasure. Uh, now, you're a value investor um, and you look for sort of five different types of value stock. Can you perhaps sort of talk us through those five different um, ideas and maybe give an example for each one? Yes, of course. Um, the, the general idea of, of what we try and do um, is that we try and, and use the uh, provisional or temporary uncertainty created by economic or market events uh, to buy um, mispriced stocks. And the first bucket that we like to talk about is what we call fallen angels. And these are, are businesses that um, have been in great favor with the market at some point in the past and really have excellent businesses. So there was a time, for example, in 2011, 2012, where we owned uh, Microsoft in this group of, of, of businesses. But at the time, um, Microsoft was a uh, defined as a, as a tech dinosaur and people thought that you know, Google and Amazon were going to steal its lunch. And um, you could buy the company on uh, around 10 or 11 times earnings, which is a very, very low valuation for a company like this. And of course, that's been one of our most successful investments. We don't own Microsoft anymore, but it, it did very well for, for some time. Um, and currently, we own uh, American Express in this bucket. But basically, here we try and buy those amazing businesses, great franchises, when the market temporarily doesn't think that they are such great franchises. The second bucket we'd like to talk about is what we call cyclical leaders which are um, those companies which are economically sensitive, but um, really otherwise have businesses that are just as attractive as the franchises or the, the, uh, the, the, the businesses that we described in our fallen angel bucket. And um, what, what we do here is we wait for the cycle to go out. But you think about, for example, uh, an industrial business. We wait for the economic cycle to go out, and then we just buy the best business in a certain industry. And what that does is if you buy the best, it's normally not the absolute cheapest, but if you buy the best, it means they can continue to invest. It means they're normally the, they have the best technology, the best balance sheet. And really over time, uh, it really pays to buy the best company in the, in the sector rather than, than try and buy the absolute cheapest. Now, the major pushback we get from clients when we do that is that we, we, the question is, uh, are you not worried about the market falling further. And really, if you take a long enough horizon when you invest, you don't have to worry about not picking the absolute bottom in a stock you can, you can buy a little bit earlier. And then we have uh, hidden assets and special situations, which I'm going to do together. And really, these are, are, are companies that have very specific value catalysts, let's say, although we don't particularly like to use the word catalyst, but we have a very specific value catalysts uh, to unlock the value that they that, uh, that is temporarily hidden from the market, so um, a special situation might be a spin-off or a, or a post-bankruptcy a company that's just emerged from bankruptcy, where you have a lot of stigma um, about investing in it, or um, you could have a, a company that has uh, that looks like one thing but really has one division that does something very very valuable and which investors are are, are temporarily ignoring. And then finally, we have what we call deep value, which are uh, companies that are unremarkable from a returns perspective or, or business perspective, but we really try to buy them absolutely bombed out. And there is a space for that. 
Um, although if we had our ideal portfolio, we probably wouldn't have to fish in that pond. Uh, but sometimes opportunities are thrown out, um, are thrown out there as well. Thank you. And um, stock markets obviously fallen very dramatically recently due to the coronavirus crisis. So it must have made a lot of companies cheap and opened up some new ideas for you. Have you made any new investments you can tell us about? Have you seen more ideas in that deep value bucket that you were talking about? We have bought things in our deep value bucket. We've also bought things in our cyclical leaders bucket, uh, which is really what, what we would prefer to do. Um, but to, to start from the beginning, you, the, the, the coronavirus crisis has, thrown, has, has created a lot of opportunities. It's also created a lot of what investors like to call value traps, which are things that look attractive, but really deserve to be as cheap as they are. And the main problem um, here is, is that leverage um, if, you, if you have a lot of debt, if you have a company with a lot of debt, it means that the stock price will have fallen a lot and you can probably buy it quite cheap. But whether you make money or not depends on the speed with which you get a recovery. And that's a dangerous game to play because we, nobody really knows how long it's going to take to get an, the economy back, back to normal. Um, and if you get it wrong, if you try and time it too finely, if you get it wrong, um, your investment could, could turn out to be quite, you know, quite, quite worthless. <laughs> and so what we try and do is we just make sure that companies are staying power and have the balance sheet to remain in this uncertainty and, 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 and depressed environment for, for long enough for our investors to play out. Um, to answer your, your question more directly, we have bought a lot of um, stocks in what could loosely be defined as a travel uh, or holiday segment. We've bought um, Booking.com, for example, which, which uh, is an excellent business and fell a lot because obviously nobody's booking any hotels at the moment. We've, booked, uh, we've, bought, um, we've added to our position in Rolls-Royce. We had a, a, a position already. We've added to it um, Rolls-Royce, which makes uh, jet engines. We've bought a position in a very similar French business uh, called Safran, which makes uh, jet engines for the narrow body planes, so the short haul planes, whereas Rolls-Royce makes engines for the wide body market. Um, we've bought a position in EasyJet. We've effectively taken advantage of the fact that our opportunity set expanded substantially to make a, a, a good number of investments in companies that we think are going to, once this crisis is over, uh, grow, produce good returns on capital, cash flow, dividends. We think we're really setting ourselves up for, for some years of good performance even though in the short term, uh, clearly our performance has been quite, quite painful to bear. So it sounds like you're buying sort of good companies but that are in under pressure sectors and therefore you're temporarily, while they're cheap, taking advantage of that. Correct. And I've also noticed that you hold a number of house builders um, related companies in the, in the funds. So why do you think this area is quite so appealing at the moment? The, the house builders got, um, the, the share prices of the house builders fell very significantly, in many cases, more than 50-60% um, during the coronavirus crisis because people rightly saw that house, house, housing construction fell to, to complete halt. The, um, the good thing about the house builders is that they have, uh, while, they, while they close down their operations, they consume very little cash. So these guys can effectively not sell a single house for even a year, 12, 18 months even and then just start up their operations again, and everything goes back uh, as things were before. The risk to the house builders is that 
house prices consistently decline from here. And that is a risk that we have to bear in mind as investors because house prices declining means that they lose a lot of their profitability and their, and their pricing power. But, um, but as long as house prices stay flat or increase, which means that you're also getting a little bit of inflation protection, house builders will do quite well from here. And really they're trading on, on five times their, their profits or six times their profits at the moment. If you take a normalized, a normal year, we think that that makes for quite an asymmetric bet. We like it a lot. And at the same time, again, as I said earlier, the, the balance sheets are very strong. So we don't think we're taking a lot of downside risk. Excellent. So moving away perhaps from the, the sectors and the industries to more sort of geographic locations, with your global special situations fund, you can invest all the way across the globe. So do you find that some areas are more suited to value investing than others? I'd assume somewhere like the US um, would be more about growth. Therefore, it's harder to find ideas. Is that right? That is right. The benefit of the US, though, is that it has just a number, a large number of stocks. And so where there, whereas the overall market is, is, is quite expensive, the certain sectors are actually very attractive. Um, as we were mentioning earlier, Booking.com is a, the US listed business. We own American Express. That's a US listed business. The, the cyclical meltdown that we've just been through has created opportunities in in the US as well, despite the fact that it is an expensive market. Now, it is easier to find low price stocks in the UK. There are some in emerging markets. Um, there are some in Europe. And uh, overall, we have larger weightings. If you, if you take our benchmark, the MSCI world, we have larger weightings to those countries than we have to the US compared to our benchmark. But we still have a, a big US allocation just by virtue of how many stocks are available there. And value, though, as a strategy has been really out of favor, really, for the sort of past decade. Um, investors have been willing to pay for companies that can grow because it has been a very low growth world and debt is cheap. So it's easy for them to expand. What do you think it's going to take for value to make a comeback, seeing as how long it has been out of favor for? The, there are things that can happen which would, which, which would, Catalyze to create a, a, a value recovery uh, just in the style. Then that doesn't mean that investors, that value investors have to follow the style specifically, but things like rising interest rates and higher inflation, uh, which are a possibility, would be very beneficial for what people normally consider to be value stocks. Now, it doesn't mean that as a value investor, that has to be your only avenue to invest. You don't necessarily have to bet on higher interest rates or higher inflation uh, to, um, to, to look for a good result, really value at its core is trying to buy a good business cheap. And as long as you do that, and hopefully you can disconnect yourself from what is purely the value factor. Now, I would also argue that given what the current situation is um, in terms of valuations, a lot of cyclical stocks are so bombed out and so depressed that all you really need for value to do wealth from where we stand is a normal year. And a normal year is something like 2018 or 2019, where you have low interest rates and low growth, but just a normal muddle through economy. And you don't necessarily need a high growth environment or high inflation or high interest rates to do well. The discrepancy between uh, the discrepancy in valuation between value and the rest of the market at the moment is, is really quite extreme. And I don't think you need any great systemic change for that to close a little bit. 
Okay, and one of your colleagues pointed out, and you've probably alluded to this already, that you don't need to hold a value stock um, until the rest of the investment world loves it. You can make a lot of money just from that stock being really hated to it being slightly less hated. Um, are you seeing that at the moment? Um, yes, there are there are moments when when a lot of money is made from things going as you put it, really, from really, really hated to just not quite as hated. The reality is that that's a very good time to buy things, but really it's, it's very difficult to pick the moment of maximum hatred. You, you, that really is about picking the bottom, and that's actually very, very hard to do. So if you can add a few things there, like, for example, in addition to buying when things are really hated, you could try and buy good business, you can try and buy... Um, a decent management team, you can try and buy uh, some growth, a business that had actually has some future growth prospects. You're really stacking a lot of things in your favor. I mean that your hit rate over time should be higher than just you know, an average um, hit rate. And now occasionally you will buy something that is absolutely hated, hated and actually we, we have done so in, 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 the, in the you know hardest, most difficult days of March when liquidity dried up and a lot of things sold off to really quite astonishing levels. We, we did in one of our stocks managed to pick the moment of absolute hatred, but I think it's quite difficult to, um, to do that consistently. And then perhaps a, a final question, if I may, um, we've talked a lot about things that could go in your favor, but at the top, you talked about some of the value traps. So what exactly are you looking for um, to avoid those companies that have fallen um, and any sort of sectors in particular avoiding, any countries you're avoiding, or any sort of individual company factors that you're trying to stay away from? Um, we, don't, we don't like to dismiss anything out of hand because the moment you start saying, oh, I'm never going to invest in X, um, you, you're, you're really creating your own bias. But it is fair to say that there are some sectors that are very, very tough right now. And if you were a pure contrarian um, and wanting to buy the moments of maximum hatred, you would probably invest in something like retailers, landed retailers in particular with no online offering, or you would buy, you could buy something like a, um, a, a REIT, a real estate investment trust that owns uh, retail properties. The reality is that then you're faced with a very real possibility of a, of a, of a zero. You, you can face total capital loss because you're buying shrinking businesses where you're hoping for some development to happen to effectively bail you out of your investment. And that might happen, but we think that is a more speculative purchase than the, the things that we try to buy. Um, so I, in terms of specific sector, I think retail is very tough at the moment, um, especially apparel retail. Um, food retail is fine because that's a different business, but apparel retail... Is, is very, very hard. And then uh, owning retail properties, so the retail on retail properties are very tough business. At the moment, despite the fall, we don't think that miners are that interested, are that interesting. We think that um, the fact that China still consumes such an enormous proportion of the world's resources um, means that the prices for a lot of these resources are actually higher than where they should be. Um, but then a similar... A similar um, industry where we do think there are interesting things to buy is energy, uh, where the price has fallen so low now that it, it, it really covers you for a lot of the negatives that people like to think about in energy, which is uh, the fact that in probably 20 years time, we're going to be consuming a lot less oil than we are today. And um, 
just the, the nature of the businesses is very cyclical and capital intensive. But we think the current prices compensate you for that. We think there are other sex- sectors where the price does not compensate you for that. But to summarize, maybe just it, it, it's, it's hard to invest in, in things that people call melting ice cubes. So you don't want to invest in a business that is slowly, slowly shrinking um, because that just tends to go wrong over time. Oh, Alessandro, that's been really interesting. Thank you very much for joining us today. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. And, and thanks to you very much for listening. And if you'd like to hear more from the Investing on the Go podcast by Fund Calibre, please don't forget to subscribe. Please note that these are unprecedented times and the market can react very quickly to news. The views expressed are at the time of recording and could change. And remember, we've been discussing individual stocks to bring investing to life for you. It is not a recommendation to buy or sell. The fund may or may not still hold these stocks at the time of listening.